with world's greatest athlete, Action Ronnie Glibson. That's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Uh, we keep it fun, we keep it goof, we never script it, and we always have a good time, but don't bring the kids along, because we say naughty words. All of my sh- You stumble across a very intelligent podcast listener. What do you do? Uh, I ask if they've ever heard of desks and day jobs. Roll for insight. Oh, they haven't, and they yes. want to know more. I tell them Destin Day Jobs is a D&D podcast that takes the humdrum life of four office workers and injects it with magic, adventure, and hilarious antics. All right, roll for perception. Yes. Oh, that's, uh, they're definitely interested. Uh, I grab their phones and subscribe them to Destin Day Jobs on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Machine Culture website. Roll for sleight of hand. Well, that's a critical hit. Yes. Yeah. They're subscribed. Do they have a dog? Uh, can the dog listen to the podcast? Uh, yeah. Roll for animal handling, I guess. Well, that doesn't work. Uh, uh, but they're still interested in desks and day jobs. Yeah! yeah. Desks and day jobs. Now part of the Machine Culture Collective. Huzzah! Hey there. Today's episode is brought to you by Porpoises. Porpoises. What that fat thing in the ocean you forgot about. Hey there, it's me, a fun-loving little porpoise. Why don't you slow down on that motorboat? What do I look like? You probably don't know. You're probably scrambling on your phone right now. What? Googling the word porpoise. It's not really what I look like. It's the feeling that I make you feel. It's what I elicit. Porpoise. Porpoise. Sometimes you're leaning into a microphone with your wife and she has really bad breath. Porpoises. Sometimes you buy your husband $70 worth of sushi and all he can do is be ungrateful. Porpoises. Porpoises. Sometimes your wife takes a tongue with you that... It's unbecoming of a woman of her stature. Porpoises. All right. (laughs) Porpoises. 
Why don't you slow down in that motorboat? For real this time. Dirty ass room staring at candles, high on drugs. All alone with my hand on the Mac 10 handle, scheming on you niggas. I sit alone in my dirty ass room staring at candles, high on drugs. All alone with my hand on the Mac 10 handle, yeah, yeah, scheming on you niggas. By myself. Hey, what's up? Uh, we're back. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, that was some weird copy on porpoises, huh? Yeah, who would do that? That's so weird. Probably a couple that doesn't care for one another's company. Not a couple like us, Dave and Mary. Yeah, loving. The hosts have impressed me with music. Uh, right now we're watching the music video for Prodigy, Mac 10 Handle. What do you think of it so far? It's fun. It's definitely dated. He's got a lot of candles. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. He's talking about candles, and they were like, "Let's show and tell for sure." Sure. Well, I mean, there's an aesthetic thing going on here, you know. And this is like, uh, I think this is right before he went to jail, actually. They yeah, get a real big cell phone. This is 2007 that this was published. Yeah. Right, so left, left, and right. Well, it's telling a story. You can just grab a piece of it and just criticize the I'm not criticizing. I like that part. Well, what I'm criticizing is that that's a lot of, that's a lot of candles and... It's it's really dangerous if one of those falls over. I mean, it's just a what's it? One of those one safety of those, hazard? Is that the word? It's a safety, safety hazard. hazard. One of us has no, goddammit! No, no, it's not a safety hazard. What's that thing where you like you you take the domino and you uh it triggers all the other dominoes? Domino effect? No, not domino effect. It's, it's that kind of machine that you create. God damn it, Dave. No one knows what the fuck you're talking about. Um, so, uh, anyways, while my wife is getting dementia, um, go on uh, iTunes on your phone. You gotta get your phone in your hand, stupid. Go ahead and give us a five-star review. Write something nice. Get a, a Starbucks gift card from us. Um, or you Rube Goldberg. You're a um, So uh, you follow me on Twitter at Lake underscore Superior. Give Preston Music Facebook uh, a like. Like us. Follow us. Rube Goldberg machine is what I was trying to say. Not to be confused with the Ruth Bader Ginsburg machine. All right. I'm trying. You're not even trying. Um, on Tuesday, August 14th, I'll be doing... Look. Uh, know, um, the weekend of August 17th and 18th, I'll be at the Comedy Shrine. And my parents will be in town. Sunday, August 19th, I will be doing a show with... Liz Greenwood. Uh, I don't know the details on that yet. I'll plug that when it gets closer. On Tuesday, the August 21st, I'll be doing two shows. I'll be at the Laugh Factory and at the Celtic Crown. And Mary and I will be recording an episode of uh, uh, Impressive Music. We, we have a special guest coming up. Uh, another thing I want to plug is the reason I'm listening to Prodigy right now, I've been listening to a podcast called The Realness, which actually came up because it was a recommended to our podcast on iTunes. When I looked at I always check out who's recommended for our podcast. And I found two really good podcasts. One is called The Realness, which is about Prodigy, who died last year of sickle cell. And it's kind of about like his uh, sort of autobiographical. This is really disturbing part of the music video. Oh, where he just stabs the couch and it's all bloody? Yeah, I don't like that. Well, so Prodigy had sickle cell, so he took morphine a lot. And it kind of made him a bit of a morphine addict. And he went a little crazy, especially right before he went to jail. That's something I learned about in the podcast. Jail actually kind of straightened him out a little bit. Because when you have sickle cell, which I knew nothing about but prior to this podcast, um, uh, if you have sickle cell, you uh, get just have these like spasms of intense pain, and there's really nothing that can stop it from happening. So the only thing you can really do is like take a painkiller, um, and of course, like anything where you need to take like prescription medication for it, it's kind of like on you to decide like how much of a 
I don't know, an adult, you're going to be with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and everyone, of course, like goes through like different cycles of addiction, even people that are like straight laced people that hurt their back on a jet ski or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like they still have problems like that. Yeah. Like stoneness. Yeah. Like stoneness. It's good to reference a live bit that from a show two years ago that no one can see. Go, go see the, um, <laughs> the crowd works at the, uh, what was the name of that theater? Uh, the under, no, that wasn't that one. I believe it was called the Crowd Theater. Uh, no, it wasn't the Crowd Theater. There was something else, some poo-poo the, theater on, uh... What's the Gorilla Tango? It wasn't Gorilla no, Tango. No, no, it was, it was a poo-poo theater on Fart, Fart Lane. Fart, Fart Lane, um, right next yeah. to the Gingerbread House. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so, um... Check out the realness. Dissect also. I played you. Didn't I play you a little you bit? You did. You played a little bit of Dissect. There's so You're many. literally falling asleep right now. You know, no. I'm I'm moving. I'm shaking. I'm feeling myself. Yeah, I can tell. Um, we just put our daughter in daycare for... This is our first week of daycare. It's horrible. I hate daycare. I hate the people that run the daycare. You, you would think that the daycare would offer you this, like, reprieve, you know... That man, now I'm putting my kid in someone else's hands and I don't got to worry about this baby no mo. Uh, but what it really does is it, it just it's, adds a whole other headache. A terrible, horrible, endless headache. And your kid doesn't nap and then they don't want to go to sleep and then you are awake for hours and hours on Yeah, the there's this sort of this, this mis, there's this misdeed done by people when they talk about daycare where they... Essentially, make it sound like daycare helps you, that it makes your life easier. Daycare doesn't make your life easier. It's a necessity. You have no choice. You are strong-armed into standing your kid to daycare because you have a job. You have no choice. Um, And so uh, they actually treat you. You know what they're like? It's like the restaurant that's like downtown, like on on the strip. Do you know what I mean? And it's like you go, you're like, oh, this is nice. And you go and sit down, you're like... Oh, the food here is terrible. It's like, of course it is. It has foot traffic built into it already. People come to it. It doesn't come to you. And that's the thing about daycare. And that's why, as much as you might not want to be like a yuppie bitch, you got to get a fucking nanny. As much as I hate to say it, because it's a ridiculous sum of money that you have to pay for a nanny, I feel like cornered. Like, I feel like, of course this person isn't going to like take care of your child. You're going to pay more for the nanny than the, than the rent for the home you live in. Yeah, it's it's a mortgage payment. One hundred percent, you lose all of your financial I'm, freedom. I'm mortgaging a nanny. I would like to. I am looking to mortgage a nanny. Yeah, I mean, so this is the thing too, right? Like, uh, I've been at these fucking dumbass professional developments all day for my work, and we're like a college prep school. So all we talk about is how we get kids into college. And I actually turned to my coworker today, and I said, you know, I don't think it's a good idea that everyone goes to college. I actually think it's a bad idea. Because now you're just saddled with debt. Like, why are we pushing everyone towards this? Some people shouldn't go to college. Like, you dropped out of college three times, and you have you make more money than me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't. I th- podcast doesn't need to know anything about my education status. Let's keep that on the DL. No, I'm I'm proud of you. I'm actually like really proud of you. It's kind of I wear like a badge of honor. Like I tell people when I tell people my wife dropped out of college, I say it with a twinkle in my eye, because it means you're like. You're so fucking, like, smart and driven and figured shit out on your own that you did not need to graduate. Do you know what I mean? Like Edward Snowden, you know? Yeah, a real Edward Snowden of this family. All right, so what else do we have on this one, on, on music? Am I going to do some today in yeah, music? Yeah, let's... It's a weird, it's a weird day in music. Um, what is the date, first of all? Today is August 9th, 2018. Um, and not a lot happened. Pretty weak day in musical history. Let's go back to the, let's go back to basics. In 1874, composer Reynaldo Hahn was born. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, the old ones are always so dumb. It's like, yeah, that's not what we mean, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, in 1932, Helen Morgan joined the Victor Young Orchestra to record Bill from Broadway's Showboat. I don't give a fuck. Hold on, while you're reading these, we're going to listen to probably this weird song from my childhood. Oh, great. Go ahead. 1963, the TV program Ready, Steady, Go premiered in England. What was it that was doing that they do with music? Maybe it was a musical show. Ready, Steady, Go? 
1969, the non-album single Hot Fun in the Summertime was released by Sly and the Family Stone. Hell yeah. Tulsa. In 1978, Muddy Waters performed at a White House picnic for U.S. President Jimmy Carter. Good old Jimmy building houses. You keep building, Jim. In 1990, it's about a guy who when he dies, he wants you to put his corpse next to the jukebox. All right, go on, man. Go on. Uh, man, I'm so unhappy that you made me listen to that. <laughs> I'm really... Joe Diffie probably. Really, really nonplussed about it. All right, in 1991... I like how it says, if I die. All right. In 1991, the year of my birth, Rick James, back to Ricky, pled innocent to charges that he imprisoned, tortured, and sexually assaulted a woman in his California home. So, and who could guess that it was only on our last episode... That he tortured that woman and assaulted her in his California home. Yeah, I feel like um, we, uh, I, what, what has Rick James been up to? I mean, he's dead, obviously, but. What, do you mean? what, what, is, like, what, what has he been up to down there in hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I there's a cap. Screaming unity at people. I love how Wikipedia or, is organized because it's very democratic. Because it's based on the fans of the person. So there's no tab that says, like, legal troubles. But there's a tab that says friendships. These are these people that Rick James was friends with. Um, Charlie Murphy. Yeah, um, he had a huge drug problem. Kidnapping and assault convictions. The start of the 1990s brought with it a string of bizarre and Sorry, sometimes no horrific convictions. That's not a singular. It's not like, a, oh man, we did a lot of drugs one night and things went cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause this track just for the good Joe of the Joe Diffie? You're going to pause? I'm going to pause Joe Diffie for the good of the pod. Okay, so by this time, his drug use was public knowledge. He was mainly addicted to cocaine and later admitted to spending about $7 per week on drugs for five years straight. $7? $7,000. Oh, okay, when you said $7, I'm like, huh. Huh, what a, what a well-organized budget. <laughs> yeah, economical. Um, that's actually not that much money. I guess in $1990, that's a lot of money. So I like also to other buttressing whatever they're going to say he did by saying he was a drug addict during that time. What do you think about that? And now if we look at it with the lens of 2018 post-Me Too mo- moment, do you think that that's a little cop-outy? 100% cop-outy. A lot of people are drug addicts. That doesn't mean that they have multiple convictions for uh, kidnapping and torture. Okay, so listen to that. Actually, this is really fucked up. In 1991, he and his future wife, Tanya Hajazi, were accused of holding 24-year-old Francis Alley hostage for six days... Although accounts vary on how long she was actually held, tying her up, forcing her to perform sexual acts, and burning her legs and abdomen with the hot end of a crack pipe during a week-long crack binge. In 1993, while out on bail for the incident, James, under the influence of cocaine, assaulted musical executive Mary Sager of the St. James Club in West Hollywood. Sager claims she met James in Hijazi for a business meeting, but said the two then kidnapped her and beat her over a 20-hour period. James was found guilty of both offenses and was cleared of a torture charge in the crack pipe incident that could have put him in prison for the rest of his life. He served two years in Folsom and lost a civil suit to Sauger, who was awarded $2 million. You know what's funny? He went to Folsom. And do you think people were ever like, hey, Ricky, you're the second most famous musician to come to Folsom? Yeah, I'm sure he got that, but... uh Man, what a... What oh, there's a, one more, actually. Uh, in 1998, he was accused of sexually assaulting a 26-year-old woman, though charges were later dropped. What okay. do you make of all? What, what can we make he's of He's a this? bad person. Well, he's dead. He's a bad person. Okay, he was a bad person. Um, listen, it fits the idea, and this is going to be an unpopular opinion. we got a lot, a lot of drama going on in all kinds of different scenes, and I won't get into specifics here, but... Uh, if you kidnap, rape, and torture once, pretty likely you're gonna try and do it again. Well, kind of, kind of a like it's it's a sociopathic 
psychotic compulsive behavior. Well, like, yeah, it's not a normal pathology. It's not. It's, it's not a normal pathology. A normal pathology, like listen, you normal normal pathology is okay. I pushed her. I shoved her. It wasn't good. I'm not saying those things are are excusable. Yeah, abnormal pathology. Uh, I kidnapped. Um, I went out of my way to, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to watch my wording here. No, no, no. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Go on. Some pathology is abnormal. We got to acknowledge that. Yeah. And there definitely is, um, this thing where like two psychopaths like meet up, like two sexual sadists. There was a case in Pennsylvania, uh, last year. It was in like Appalachia. This couple, this throuple, there was a throuple. Um, a, a, a sort of a polyamorous couple with one guy and two women, and they, um, he, the guy somehow convinced one of the women to like let him like abuse her kids or some shit like that, and it's like that is just sort of like the pathology. There's like that's a specific pathology. Do you know what I mean? To like want to like like torture someone with someone else. Do you know what I mean? Like that's sort of like one of the worst pathologies you can have. I mean like. That's like kind of like being John Wayne Gacy, but you didn't murder anyone. Do you know what I mean? Like Rick, if Rick James had not been a famous musician, he would be John Wayne Gacy. He would have. Do you know what I mean? Because his life was filled with all these reaffirmations. Yeah, I, I almost don't even want to give him any more airtime. I feel like we've we've done right. too much Rick James last two episodes. Let's get some music going. All right, so um, we want to review the um, uh, Chance music. Security, one of uh, Chancellor Rappers, recent releases. What do you think, David? So he released four songs. This is definitely the best of the four. What do you think? 100% agree. This one came out first too, right? This is the first release. And they all came out at the same time. Uh, okay. You just sort of dumped them on Spotify. If you look, it actually doesn't even have a picture for the album. It's just the default. There's no image. Um, the only way you can find him actually is if you go to the, this is the chance the rapper. Um, I mean, of those four songs, this is only honestly like this is really the only good one. Uh, there's one that he clearly dropped in 19 because he's talking shit about the woman he's not married to because he had sort of an on again off again relationship with his mother's child and now they're married. Yeah, I don't even. I mostly just like. Like the sample, it's very Kanye-esque to me too, which was something that we talked about numerous times. Yeah, I don't know who produced this. Some people have said that it's Kanye, but I, I don't know who produced. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't seem to find that. Yeah, this is definitely the best of the tracks. I mean, how does this compare to like sort of the Chance um, collection as a whole, or of all mixtape releases and all songs? I mean, this would really just go somewhere in the middle bottom of, like, all chance tracks that I really like. Yeah, to me, this is kind of uh, like a kill you darling chance. This is not... Like, you have the potential to be like a Kendrick Lamar, where we look forward with great, uh, you know, excitement when you're going to release a new album. Do you know what I mean? Like, this, that's what this could be. But he keeps sort of squandering his talent on, like, these penny like, bullshit projects. Um, like, he released the big team with Lil B that was a bomb. I mean, it's unlisted. It's fucking unlisted. Um, he did a lot of features that are dumb. I mean, like, the Justin Bieber song that he did with DJ Khaled. It's not that it's a bad song. It's just a deep chance. Like, that's, that's my main takeaway. This is not good enough for chance. Right, I mean, he set a really high standard for himself, and then when he doesn't need it, it's that much more... 
it has to kind of get it, it's so much more critical. You know what I mean? If this was a release from pretty much anybody else, I'd probably be giving it like cutting it some slack or maybe even um, applauding it in some sense. But yeah, it's I know Chance can do better, and so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on the same page. Still, still love the sample for sure. Yeah, and this is one that I still I'll still play this one. This yeah, one for is, sure. This is this is a tight track. The sample is so fucking catchy. So another music news thing I wanted to tell you about is this article that came out yesterday in Rolling Stone: How musicians make money or don't at all in 2018. So this is a thing that we've been talking about for a while, and I think it's sort of. It's, it bears sort of repeating a little bit, but the music industry, just like the comedy industry, it's changing to the internet has changed it, right? You don't need the music industry anymore. Like Chance had Chance just dumped these songs on Spotify. You don't need you don't need these people are all like relics. And this article, which is really great, kind of breaks down and actually has like like flow charts and shit like that, kind of explaining how basically how the industry used to rob artists of percentages of their money um, and how they still try to do that. And now how basically the only ways that an artist can make money now, because that's why people like Chance and all these other artists are just giving their music away for free. Like Boogie just gives his music away for free. You be all right? Yeah. Um, so now they have to tour nonstop and they getting involved in advertising uh, be it through uh, merchandising or through uh, like uh, getting like uh, YouTube clicks and stuff like that. This is really the only way you can make money because. But even YouTube clicks are really small potatoes in the grand scheme. I mean, how many? Yeah, even even videos like a, a million clicks doesn't mean shit. Basically, like. You've gotta, you've gotta get crazy clicks to really like start bringing in the dough. Yeah. I mean, we're talking over like a hundred million. It's something like point zero zero eight four cents a play on Spotify or something like that. And it's also the article also points out that Spotify is not a profitable company. And this is kind of like a weird thing about the era that we live in is that these ideas they're great ideas, but they don't. You know, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, these ideas do not generate any revenue. Well, we're living in a world right now, and this is a totally different piece. And I, this, this goes into kind of like a greater business bubble that we're living in. A lot of these startups for cool shit have raised so much money that their, like, profitability... It's seemingly almost less interesting to them. I mean, when your company raises like five hundred million dollars, I mean, you're you're playing around and just making the coolest thing possible. That gives you the runway. Sure, exactly, and and to that aspect of it is great, and that's kind of like what it was like, I think, to like work for like a government laboratory or to work in a university research center. Do you know what I mean? Like you are just kind of given money to like develop things, but flip side of it is right is that now we're now no longer in an industry of like who's the most talented will succeed it's kind of like who will work the hardest because you do have a lot of these like soundcloud rappers and these uh, spotify rappers that they tour like nonstop, and they are making a career i mean there are people like you know what i mean like you you like one song by them do you know what i mean if the ticket price is right, why not? Yeah, it's $30. You know what I mean? Like Even like the little Zan tickets before they sold out were like $35 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and we considered it. And now I could pretty... I like I know Lil Zan's not good. But, I mean, I would have gone. Fuck it. Yeah. All right, so uh, today on the podcast, I have come up with four signs that I want to try and impress Mary with. Mary is, just so you guys know, very tired, exhausted. It's been a long day. A child has screamed so many screams. Um, but I'm going to try and uh, impress Mary with some music. So I'm going to play four songs for you, and then I want you, at the end, I want you to tell me which one you like the best. Okay? Awesome. Hell yeah, let's do it. All right, so here's the first one. I 
feel like I know there's so much intro here I got interrupted just so I get to hear more of it. Yeah, so this is the cool kids. Everywhere I go, there I am, dog. I'll cut the check with a motherfucking handsaw. Hand off, I ain't really with the handouts. Who is in the cool kids? Oh, this is and Chuck English, he's got a little bit more of a career now, right? A little bit more. A touch. Yeah, so they... The cool kids... That's by the way, this is 2020 vision by the cool kids. The cool kids exploded on the scene in 2011 with their mixtape, which I can't remember what it was called, but then they basically broke out because mixtapes weren't really a thing yet, covering fish ride bicycles. And then they both pursued solo careers that didn't really go too far, and they came back together last year, which I'm really glad about. Like, I would like to see gas races for you. You know what I mean? I like these duos. Um, they were a Chicago group because one of them was from Chicago and one was from Detroit and he came here to buy a beat and uh, then he stayed and they made music together and they put this shit on like MySpace and that's a fucking old minutes. you know what I mean? Um, what do you think? I think this is cool this, I like this simple beat you know what? It has like a way older school vibe. Something about this reminds me. What are they? East Coast or West Coast? I just said they're from Detroit. Oh fuck me! I'm smart. We talked about them. It almost sounds like old, like West Coast rap, though. Something about it. I do think they both live in LA now. It just has this like West Coast, old West Coast vibe to me. Like I could see it being. Like a weird late '90s song. Something about it. It's got like a callback feel. Oh yeah, I mean they use they're using like a fucking you know drum machine. Do you know what I mean? I think I think that's what it is. And that was sort of the appeal of Woodfish Ride Bicycles is that it's a stripped down kind of back to basic sound. Only this time, instead of the rappers being like very bravado-y, they're like these nerdy dweebs. And it's gonna be really hard to recapture that now that they're like successful. Do you know what I mean? Right. For sure. All right, so this next one is uh, Tierra Whack, Black Nails. fucking love that yeah you like it yeah I, I, you know what it is I want to listen to it again alright let's that's <laughs> we don't have to do that for the it's 15 songs one minute each so it's a 15 minute album yes the whole album is 15 minutes what's she trying to say with it a lot of different things actually honestly I wouldn't even call it like one genre like some songs are more rappy, some songs are more R&B, more slowly, more poppy. I'm like into it again. There's something about this that's I'm digging for sure. Um, Meek Mill and ASAP Rocky, like her. She was sort of championed by other artists. I don't know. Food is a recurring theme throughout... Yeah. Uh, as are horror movies, Dr. Seuss, and her mom, aka her best friend and her biggest fan. 
So, here whack, whack world. I dig it. All right, so. I dig a dig a do. <laughs> I thought you were going to pass. Oh, yeah, Halfway through a minute long song, I thought you were about to pass out. I uh, am going to. I, I feel. Should I let you pass out? What do you want me to do? We got, we got two, we got two more tracks. Let's do this. Get my fist all loose, I'm about to pouch it. What's the man to do when he's out of options? I don't want to do it, but it's shh. Be quiet. They're coming. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Um, I had the pleasure of hearing this once earlier this week, and this is just a beat after my own heart. I I love it. I love the oh no 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 part too. Something I don't know. It it, it meets all all the criteria. Of shit, I love. It's it's tough because I really did dig black nails, but ah, uh, Joyner so fast. The flow is great in this, and and the beat is so good. It's so fucking. Oh. You know what they can It's like Busta Rhymes, but he's telling it. He's actually like telling a story instead of just like rapping for the sake of rapping. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's weird beat, fast rapping. Oh yeah, he's so. Yeah, this played out some of his uh, last week. I'm not racist. I, I don't know. He's, I'm starting to really like Jordan Lucas. Yeah, I mean, this is great. So, what did, I don't remember what we said about him last week, but he's from Worcester, Massachusetts, which I think is super interesting. He has a child. Now I like every every man that has a kid. Now I, I, I think they're... Uh, Gary Lucas. Right? I love that his actual name is Gary. Yeah, he's like, call me Joiner. It's like, uh, that's not a name. Call me fucking Gary, which is a name. Oh no 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 no! And like this is like a like a legit he said comic story about a guy who is like kind of like forced to crime reluctantly because he has to provide for his child and he you know he's tried to do other things and now he's robbing people. Oh yeah, I love that he first started recording under the name G Storm. Then he changed his stage name to Future Joiner. And then he dropped right for the future, right? And then uh, his first mixtape was under Future Joiner. And then after, and then after, and then after Future came to prominence, he was like, okay, we're just gonna be Joiner Lucas. And then after that, he released a long came Joiner in 2015. And then, uh... So, this I'm Not Racist track actually went viral in, uh, 2017. November 2017, yeah. Did you just hear about it? I think it didn't get into, like, sort of my world until recently. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's almost a year old. Oh, holy shit. Well... Look at me with egg in my face. Yeah, look at you, all eggy with face. With a saxophone in the background. <laughs> <gasps> I'm peering through buildings. <gasps> <laughs> You're all sexy and eggy. My hat just blew off. <laughs> There's a streetlight. Although... I look in the window, a guy's playing a trumpet. Although, I'm going to have to say, I wish he didn't do a collaboration with Chris Brown titled Angels too. and Demons. I saw that, too, and it's like, uh, what, what? what is the idea here? You're an angel, he's a demon? Yeah, uh, maybe... <laughs> Maybe let's, let's let's think of something else, you know? I know, and that's the the problem I have with Jordan Lucas is I've squeezed some blood out of the stone and I feel like I've 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 squeezed all that can can come. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I start to dig a little bit deeper with him and I don't really see other things that I'm liking as much as these two songs. What do you think of that though? I mean again, I, I love that track. It's a beat after my own heart. But this is maybe the second or third time you've played it and it's already getting a touch tired. But you got to now. You got to get into the lyrics. All right. Well, you know, well, yeah. you decide. I'll decide. 
How about that? You're you're your own woman. You know what I mean. I am my own woman, and hey, you're your own man. So, but we got married, and now we're together. You know what's weird? I was talking to Justin Golak today. He got married like um, like five days after us, or something like that. Oh right, I think I saw that on the interweb. Yeah, he said my wife, and I was like, "You have a wife?" I thought I was the only person with a wife. Um. Yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? Um. But my friend Darcy uh, came in uh, over the weekend, and um, she kept calling Mary a goddess. Do you remember that? Yeah, she did keep calling me goddess. It was weird. So I, that's actually from, I think she got that from this sign. Or that's just a thing people are saying now. I don't know. I think people are just referring to women as goddesses, but I like, I want you to call me a goddess. I feel like you're a goddess, but uh, also at the same time, I feel like you're like a dirty whore. You know what I mean? Uh, all right. about a balance between the <laughs> okay. two. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Play this track. Play the track, DJ. You know, goddess in the, what's it, how's it go? the Madonna and the, and the whore, or, or the restaurant near our house. Goddess in the grocer. All right. Listening. This is Lizzo Truth Hurts official video. This is like my somehow this is my favorite song right now. Oh, I love this video. Yeah. I feel like for for the sake of the listeners. I can't just watch this video in silence. We'll just start with you a little bit. Okay, so Lizzo, Lizzo is a big, beautiful goddess. And she's doing like a wedding scene here. Like, just, this is just basically like one of the tropes of a wacky wedding. And she got nails on fleek and some crazy ass bridesmaids. I mean, it's. Um, it's, it's great. I mean, it's a visual. It's a visual cacophony of delights. So I, I want to say, like, I I do love this song. It's a really dope song, and honestly, I like you gotta like own your shit. It, you know what I mean in a rap song. You know what I mean, and that that's she totally does that, which is what I think is super awesome about her. But there was a time in American history where you had to be beautiful to be in a music video. And now every time I look at a music video, it's like, oh, is this beautiful by Christina Aguilera? Is this same love oh, by Macklemore? fuck you. Fuck you. Do you know what I mean? Like, fuck you. I love it. Lizzo, I, love I don't it. care what she She Lizzo's fine. I, she's a big girl, no, but Lizzo, she's cute. you want to know what? Okay. Like, I love... Okay, what about all so, the other people? No, listen. Listen, let me, let me cut you off there. So I love like Indram and Lil Yachty's version of Broccoli in the music video where they got like big ass girls with them, cellulite thighs, being ratchet and chilling, and I love that. I like that too. I love that though that we're re-embracing the the real body. Do we sometimes over-embrace and pretend like an unhealthy body is beautiful? Yeah, and there are bodies that are unhealthy and we should be able to be honest with ourselves too there. But I also like embracing, like, you know, I had a baby, got a little tummy. Like, it's nice to see real-looking people. Yes, and, and, and to, sure. And to make, and to realize that real is sexy. But at the same time, you know, like, maybe you should be in the music video. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can be, you can be there. Like, John Popper, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, you don't need to be in your own music videos. I don't know, I disagree. I mean, I'm kidding, mostly. I actually think it's pretty sweet how it is sort of like you can apply the rap aesthetic to anybody. Like, you you, you thought at one point it's like, oh, it needs to be like 10 guys in a parking lot, like, uh, pouring out 40s and then, like, some girls shaking their asses. But you can literally replace all of those people with just any people. It's so ingrained in our minds, like, what a rap music video is supposed to look like. You can literally, like, I've seen the videos where it's like, the two like goofy ass white parents like dancing to it's like doesn't matter it takes nothing away from it we already know what to expect from it no and I, I like that 
and here's the thing. I like this wave of rap where like barriers are sort of being broken down and we're seeing different people, different bodies, different messages. And that's almost why I just want to go back to it. Like the chance tracks kind of bum me out because we're moving in this direction of like, it is whatever you want it to be. You don't have to be fake. It's actually just as fucking cool to like talk about who you are and what you are for real than it is to need to front because it's really more relatable. I think that's why like, you know, you've got Lil Uzi Vert in a better time slot than Gucci Mane at, at Lollapalooza. Yeah. Because like he's speaking, he's an old. He's he, he's kind of a relic. Although he is legit, Gucci Mane is legit. He murdered a guy. He went oh, to jail. Go, 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 okay. I'm not talking about their legitness. I'm talking about like Gucci Mane. I still okay. Well, Gucci Mane may not be like an amazing artist. I still think he's better than Lil Uzi Vert. But I think Lil Uzi Vert talks to that sort of like emo teen spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And and so like you just. You don't have to be hard anymore. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't have to be hard. You don't have to front like you're from where you're not. You don't have to put on airs because everyone's at like reality is actually way more approachable. Yeah, um, I, I think we're like we're into accepting now the the truth of shit. Well, so I think to go back to that Rolling Stone article, I think it's kind of like, you know, because music is not being handled by marketing executives anymore, they're not sort of selling any sort of a lifestyle. Therefore, an artist can relate to somebody on a personal level. Like comedians, right? Like when they start out, they tell jokes about shit that everyone can relate to. And then as they get successful, it becomes harder to relate to people. And that's when they start to become kind of fake and stupid. And you know what I mean? And like you'd have a comedian like Louis C.K. sort of like owning – that do you know what I mean? Where he's like, yeah, I'm like, I have more money than you. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's hard. It's like a hard thing to do, to speak to your audience that way. And now, though, but man, even when we saw Louis and Louis's weird dick sh- dick antics aside, the last time, like when you and I saw Louis, yeah, there was a much less approachable Louis than when I saw Louis the very first time that he like did the Chicago theater. Um, I don't know, six years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that, you know... You, he, he, he went too long. He, he felt like he had too much... He felt like too much autonomy almost. It, it, it was weird. Yeah, it, I mean, it, his last special is not... Definitely not his best special. And it's not, like, super relatable. But whatever. I mean, you know, to getting into Louis, to talk about Louis C.K.'s legacy and whether or not he lives up to it is like a, now obviously like a whole different discussion. Do you know what I mean? Like we have to get into... Oh, for sure. For sure. I think it's my turn though to pick my favorite track. Right? Yeah, so I played four songs for you. So 2020 by The Cool Kids, Black Nails by T.R. Wack, Winter Blues by Jordan Lucas, and um, Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Alright, I'm gonna have to eliminate right off the bat 2020. Okay. Because it was just not complex enough in messaging or music to live up to the other shit. I have to eliminate Winter Blues by Joyner Lucas just because it's already kind of getting tired. I've only listened to it twice and weirdly it reminds me of J. Cole suddenly. And you don't like that he worked with Chris Brown, let's be honest. That, yeah, yeah. That casts a dark shadow. That and the fact that he's, you know, started as G-Rocket or what was his name or something? Johnny Rockets. Yeah, he, you know, he needs to really make better decisions. And man, okay, so Black Nails, I love the concept behind it and I love the entire idea of that album. But I have to think that Black Nails and Tierra Wack, this is an art project, and it's my favorite art project that we're looking at recently. But when I'm going to, like, I actually, after we end this fucking episode, and even before I pass out into an unwakeable slumber, I'm going to listen to Lizzo again. So I think it, it's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, Lizzo Truth Hurts is the winner for me. All right, well, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I would agree. I think her daughter would agree as well. She seems to enjoy it. Did she like this song. track? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm sad. I miss her listening to it. Um, yeah, we, we put it on in the morning when we're getting ready. 
All right, so what was the Today in Music about Muddy Waters, by the way? Ooh, okay, so Muddy Waters. I don't know. Today, like, some cuckoo banana brain was born. Why Muddy you? Waters performed at the White House picnic for U.S. President Jimmy Carter in 1978. Okay, so we're going to listen to Muddy Waters as we play out. Um, this is a song Managed Boy by him. To me, this is like a hilarious song because he spells the word man. But he's, sorry, he says that's Manish boy, and he spells it wrong. If you listen to it, it's like I spell M A child and Y. That spells Manish boy. It's just I don't know. It's silly. Um, rate and review the podcast. Like our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram. We typically release the shit on Instagram around the Facebook page. Um, our Spotify playlist is embedded in our website. Shout out to Machine Culture for hosting us. Yeah, thanks Machine Culture. You guys are the shit. And thanks to you, listener, for getting through this episode and for listening to us and okay, for tuning is. in. Hey, that's all right. Look. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm at Lake underscore Superior. Listen to the poem pilots. Um, come find Mary. Uh, don't find me. All right, don't find Mary. You know a, a special ed uh, teacher with an LBS one certification? Please contact me. Um, also, uh, if you know a reliable uh, nanny or babysitter in Chicago, just feel free to message that to me. I'm kidding, actually. We, we have some people who are like. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. You know I made to money. Come up two hours late. But he said, like, that's how long he thinks the time is two hours. It's too long. Here we go. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.